Ugh, I fucking hate audio. Audio makes no sense whatsoever. It never does. Nothing nothing about it makes any sense. Like, all I had to do was restart the computer, and suddenly it was like, okay, I agree now. Mm. Oh, I love you again. <laughs> everyone and welcome back to the adcast a podcast for the study of modern visual culture i'm your transported into another world as a villainess of a popular ultimate game where all flax fell doom ran you <laughs> and i'm your hapless heroine soup <laughs> this week ad stands for another translocation because this time we'll be talking about villainous isekai uh but before we get into that what have we been up to well, uh, hmm? haven't I haven't <laughs> I been up to something fun? Um, I have built a new computer. <gasps> excitingly, very yeah. exciting. Yeah, it's a uh, super exciting. Um, mm-hmm. I got all all the bits and bobbles, uh, except for one one piece of my computer that did never arrived. Um, that is uh, just somewhere on the east coast for some reason. It's in- completely inexplicable. Um, <laughs> but it was the power supply, which is very important because without one, you will not have power on your computer. Um, so what I had to do was I literally just went and and just drove somewhere to pick up one that I had to buy. And uh-huh. uh, boy, oh, let me tell you, that's kind of wild. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a funny story, though, actually. When I went out... Um, and this, this I suppose, uh, is connected to a different, a different story. Um, but I went to uh, get, I went to get this power supply right, and I had to drive um, like thirty or so minutes to to get to the store I needed to get to, and and get the power supply because mine just never arrived, and I, I yeah. still need to claim that it has never arrived, basically, um, right. so that I don't get charged for it. But I uh, drove to the um, to the store. And then I, I drove back. But on the way back, I was like, well, you know what? I, I can get some ramen on the way back. Like, I, I I have not had ramen in, like, literal actual months. Right. So um, the very least that I can do is, is get some takeout right now, right? Right. So I did that. And strangely, uh, I say strangely, because because our car situation has changed slightly, um, there's sometimes like you don't really notice certain things that happen. And my phone has been notoriously bad uh, lately about um, this is terrible. My phone is also like hard dying, and I, it's unfortunate. Um, what? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. All my technology is just dying at the same time. <laughs> but yeah, so my phone no longer tells me when it's low on battery until it's oh. way too late, right? <laughs> So before it would it would be like okay I have fifteen percent battery left I yeah. uh, you know obviously like I uh, you should plug you should plug me in now right mm-hmm. well it doesn't really do that anymore because I think it has lost the ability to accurately tell how much battery is left so when it gets to around twenty five percent it won't really make any indication it's low battery. Um, normally it would, it would say something at 15, but it will no longer make any indication that it's low on battery until 
um, well, anywhere from 10 to 0%. Sometimes it won't even tell me. It'll just die, which is exciting. <laughs> and then sometimes, because it's not sure, when I plug it in, um, the number of, uh, like, the, the amount of battery it has is actually different than uh, what, it, what it was before I plugged it in. So it'd be like, hey, you should plug me in. I'm at 14% battery. I'm like, okay, cool. I should plug you in. I plug it in, and it says, by the way, I'm at 4% battery. And you're like, so you were lying to me. Uh... Um, so that's interesting, but because of that, my phone died when I got to, to the ramen place. So one, I couldn't find the ramen place. Uh, and two, I was basically stranded cause I don't know my way around here. So like I have, I have to find my way home. And what I had to do is I walk, I had to walk to a, a gas station hoping that they would have one of those like portable chargers. They didn't, they had the, they had like the cable. So I was like, okay, fine. I'll buy the cable. And luckily, there was a uh, a big five across the street, which is um, for those of you that don't know what that is. It's like kind of this weird outdoors sports store that just sells miscellaneous stuff for being outside. Like they sell like fishing equipment and like BB guns and like swim trunks. It's very odd. Um, okay, but uh, luckily, when I went in there, they had like portable chargers um at the very least one that that i was able to to get enough charge off of that i could uh charge my phone at least a couple percentage um and so i, I did that i plugged it in i i booted up my phone i found the ramen place uh i got some ramen and then i, I went back home I, I got home safely mm. and then i built my mm-hmm. computer um but there was a moment there where i was like what do i do <laughs> i'm stuck here uh oh uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but luckily, I got home, and the ramen was good. So um, okay, I suppose I suppose it uh it sort of all worked out. Um, aside from that, like you know, not really much. Uh, been been around, doing stuff. Yeah, watching lots of Hollow Live. Oh my god, <laughs> your yeah, obsession continues. <laughs> it is it is far too late for me. I don't know. <laughs> I'm God. I don't know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Uh huh. It's 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 quite a bit. Uh, what have what have you been up to, Renny? What have you been up to? I finally finished Okami. Can you believe oh it? Oh my god! <laughs> I cannot believe it. That after amazing. ten years. <laughs> oh my god, dude! I like when you finally get to the end of such a long saga, and it ends in such a nice, satisfying way. Like it. I I was crying for like twenty minutes. <laughs> like it was so well wrapped up, and the fact that the story was so nice, and you remember all the characters that you met along the way, and they kind of show them briefly at the end, and the way they recap all your adventures during the credits. Oh my god, I just got so overwhelmed with emotion. <laughs> That's very nice. Yeah, it was really, really nice. Um, it's definitely uh, one of those games where you can tell that the creators didn't have to go as hard as they did, but they did out of a lot of love and passion, and that's exactly the kind of stuff, like, as an artist that I would want to be able to create and, and leave in yeah. this world, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was a, it was a lot of feels, um, and I'm really glad that I ended up playing it. I'm, I wish... Uh, I honestly wish I had been able to grow up with this game because it's so, it's just that good, mm-hmm, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I would have loved it um, younger and because I love it now too. Um, so, 
yeah, it was a, it was a really, really great, unique adventure. I highly recommend this game to anyone who just kind of wants an an easy game to kind of just you know kick back and and enjoy. Really lighthearted, but um, really thoughtful story throughout. So yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice, nice, yeah. Uh, aside from that, uh, I, by the time this episode comes out, I will have moved. Um, so that's going to be a thing. Yeah, we're already, right now we have mostly packed up. Um, this weekend we will be moving the rest of our stuff with the help of some movers and then we're out of here, dude. (laughs) Nice, nice. Yeah, it's, it's that season for moving. Everybody's moving. It is. Thinking about moving. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. But I'm just glad we have a place that we like. <laughs> You're not going to be roofless, yeah? All right, exactly. I mean, I wasn't worried about being roofless, but I was worried about how many compromises we'd have to make in order right, to just, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. get a place. So, yeah, thankfully, even though we had to, like, really stay on it because properties would go out within one or two days of being listed. Jesus. Um, yeah, we uh we managed to to get one that we like. So that's that's so wild. I cannot yeah. believe that like people are still like actively looking for new places to live right now. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Like I think the reason why we got the one that we're moving into now is because um, a we jumped on it so soon, and b it's in an area that not a lot of people want to drive mm. from into the city. Because if you work in the city proper, like you know, uptown, downtown, whatever, you would have to drive like an hour from this place. But because uh, my workplace yeah. is like kind of on the outskirts-ish of the city, um, it's not that bad for me. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I get that. I get that. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, that'll be a thing this weekend. <laughs> hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yep. That's That's fun. Uh, and by fun, of course, I just mean like that sounds exhausting. Um, it is ha- having <laughs> having just moved myself. Like, yeah, right. That's, that's exactly. It, <laughs> uh, it, it is. I will say, um, kind of nice. I think it's just like for my personality specifically that it's it's just kind of nice because uh, it's very. Um, it's not often that I've moved right uh, mm-hmm. in in kind of my in my life because for most of my living memory I've lived in the same place um, mm-hmm. and aside and the only kind of aside from that has been you know uh, my my stint at college and right. whenever I move I get to kind of take all of the stuff that I have built up over the over the years that has like sentimental value and then i'm just like okay now i feel comfortable saying i don't need this anymore i can i can toss this i can part ways with it um which has been very very cathartic and nice um that's part of what it's what is very enjoyable about you know um having these like you know moving is like it's like a thing where you can have like a a new start right um Mm -hmm. so i'm happy about like the new pc too because it's like well oh yeah i can just like get rid of all the old junk on my computer and just transfer what i really need Yes. Which I still need to get around to. I've been a little bit slacking on that, um, to be perfectly honest. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's like it's like the couple of days after you move is, like, exhausting. And then a couple of yeah. days after you, like, build a computer is exhausting. Oh, my God, Randu, it's so, so tiring to build it a computer. It is. I, I agree. I do not envy anybody who has to do this for a living. No. 
Like I'm sure you, I'm sure you get quite adept at it, but oh, it took so long, and my hands hurt so much afterwards because I, I spent so much time screwing and unscrewing things yeah. in, and I did things in the wrong order, so I had to like undo yep. them and then redo them. Yeah, <sighs> I felt like I don't know. It it just makes you feel dumb, or at least it made me feel very dumb trying it's... to, you know, hook everything together. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit like. Um, it, it's a lot. There's there's certainly a yeah. lot um, right. in the process. I like doing it um, because it's not something I like do super often anyway. Um, but it's like kind of nice and relaxing. You just sit there and you're like building like this big jigsaw puzzle where if something breaks, you lose six hundred dollars. Um, not ang- not anxiety inducing whatsoever. Like you know, obviously not. No way. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, no, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I've, um, ever since I've had a computer, um, that had, uh, that has been, you know, decently powered, I've built it, um, myself, um, right. which is only like technically three times now because I moved, um, the bits from my computer into a new chassis, um, a couple years ago. Um, but before that, my computer, like really realistically is about, was about six years old. Um, when I, when I switched over to this new one and it's so funny, this thing could like bench press my old computer, like nothing. Nice. That's what we hope for. That's what we like to see. That's what we like to see. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's. I mean, it's funny because you just you just skip six generations of like uh, of of CPUs and like three or four generations of graphics cards, and you're like, hmm, this feels pretty good actually. Right, exactly. <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> it's nice. It's nice. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm very glad for various reasons uh, because now uh, now I'm not gonna worry that my computer will explode every time I do anything, including audio editing. Dude, it's like the possibilities just open up and it's yeah, a whole new yeah, yeah. world. <laughs> for sure. Like if I wanted to, I could like I could do all kinds of stuff with it. I mean, mostly yeah. I'm just going to use it for video games. Um it's not like but you need now a particularly... you can play more games. Right, I can play more games at higher fidelity at higher frames. Exactly. Rates, um which is shockingly shockingly nice. Very very <laughs> nice. Um But yeah. So that's yeah. that's exciting. Um, that is very congratulations cool. on having yep. moved by the time this episode comes out. Yeah, I'll have moved. You'll be, you'll be, you know, hammering things out on your new PC. It's great, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Summer is full of changes. <laughs> Summer is full of change. That, that's normally what you're supposed to use spring for, but whatever. <laughs> Summer is, I don't know. It's kind of mind-boggling to me that the year is like two-thirds done at this point. That's oh, highly yeah. uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that might be because time isn't real and like everybody should still be inside because we still haven't done anything about the global pandemic crisis. Yeah. Ouch. <laughs> God, it really feels like it has been like two weeks and also six years. <laughs> like, I don't... I. Uh, uh, ugh, uh, uh. I don't want to. I don't talk about a pandemic. Let's right. talk about. Let's talk about it'll isekai. It'll get better. Isekai. It'll get better in isekai too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? I wish I could escape to another world. Oh my, my only God. concern was uh, was execution. You'll have to get hit by an isekai truck. Right. Um, that, <laughs> that would require getting hit by an isekai truck. That sounds very difficult. Um, yeah. 
yeah. So let's talk about villainous isekai, um, which is funny because we haven't actually ever done a, an episode on on isekai isekai like as a as a whole sort of uh, genre. Correct. Um, but I, I feel like we've kind of talked about it plenty anyway over the the past like year of podcasting. So piece together what you what my feelings are about isekai. It's not that hard. Um, <laughs> it has a lot to do with capitalism. So you know. <laughs> As expected. Uh, but Villain's Isekai, Villain's Isekai is a, a sort of breath of fresh air in the genre. Um, and I was turned on to the genre a couple of months ago when um, some of my friends kind of fell into the hole too. And mm. uh, they were just like, oh yeah, you should you should read some of this. I was like, oh, I've read like some of these. Um, I guess I should, you know, pick up some other ones. And then I ended up just reading like all of them that existed. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> I read so many so many of them also just like blend together. I don't remember like I'm going to say like I saw like 60% of them. I just like could not recall like the difference between. Oh, I'm sure. Like just just uh going through what you recommended to me, I had to think about okay, which of these ladies had a traumatic backstory because I need to talk about some things about that regarding right. the podcast. Yeah. And then I had to go and <laughs> skim through <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, um because because I just sent you the list, uh I also haven't touched these particular mangas in like probably like 2 or 3 months. Um oh, so I'm dear. just kind of I'm just kind of operating off of what I what I remember, which I think to be fair, um there is some merit in that where like you only really remember the important stuff, um which I think okay. uh, as long as we're not uh and this is because we're not doing like just one show, right? If we were doing one show, I would like pick out all the little details and like talk about right. them and dissect them. Um, right. but because, because we're not like, I would, I would very much like to talk about, um, all the kind of, um, you know, all the kind of broader strokes. Cause like, we're sure, going to be talking yeah. about a mm-hmm. ton of, a ton of these, mm-hmm. of, uh, of these like manga. Um, we'll, we'll be yeah. going through them and obviously like, we'll, we'll talk about them on, on the way, um, what, yeah. what they entail, what, yeah. how, how you might know if you're interested in these, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So, what is villainous isekai? Uh, villainous isekai, um, you know, isekai obviously is uh, the genre of anime and manga and, you know, light novels, etc., etc., where somebody is transported to another world, uh, very, very often a fantasy world, um, mm-hmm. like a medieval kind of fantasy world. And yes. they have to... Uh, Really, it's kind of up to them what what they do, right? Where some of them is yep. it's like the the you have the the destiny of like you must defeat the demon king, um, right? And others are just like, you know, what if I just live out a, a pastoral lifestyle? Um, mm-hmm. But villainous isekai is very specific um, because it refers to a, a subgenre of isekai fiction about um, almost universally female protagonists um, yes. because the conceit is that the main character is reincarnated into the villainous, which is a mm-hmm. um, an archetype that exists in otome games, which are um, dating simulator visual novel games aimed primarily towards, like, women audiences. And there's normally, um, generally speaking, there is a, a villainous character who puts the main character, like, the actual heroine, through hardships. And... Yeah. Um, this usually takes the form of like petty bullying or, um, you know, in more serious cases, like they might actually try to like harm them in some, in some actual capacity. Um, and then the stereotype, 
the stereotypical kind of ending for that is that the the heroine ends up with one of the the fancy boys who really cares about her and they denounce the villainess at like a big party event and she gets you know exiled or executed or kind of whatever whatever punishment the game wants to to deal upon that that character um and so the main character of this a villainous isekai gets reincarnated into the villainous and have, they have to figure out how to not get exiled or executed or otherwise have to live the most terrible existence of all time <laughs> in this in this wonderful fantasy otome game so yeah that is that is the overview uh, very yeah. very broad strokes on that one but normally they will follow that formula to to more or less the t and then kind of is up to them where they go from there. It can be comedic. Uh, it can be quite serious. Um, many times it's it's kind of played half for half for jokes. Um, right. Sometimes sometimes they do take it like seriously or sincerely, and I think that's that's very interesting. Um, yeah. But yeah, let's. I mean, let's let's talk about it. What was your experience like like reading through these um, after obviously after having come off of um, uh, Hamefura, um, which we right. which we watched um, in the in the previous season, right? Right. Like, how did you How did you feel, Renu? How did I feel in my heart? I uh, so Hamefura was a really nice, refreshing, fun watch. Um, kind of super refreshing in terms of general harem anime. Um, it's not just a reverse harem. It's just you know, it's just a harem for this girl. <laughs> um, and reading through all of these other vi- villainous isekai gave me a much uh, better idea as to, you know, the whole genre. Right. And um, for the, I'd say for the most part, it was really entertaining. It felt like a lot of um, trope subversion was mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so it feels like people really go out of their way to be creative in this genre right. this this subgenre i guess of isekai <laughs> well so you, i i liked that a lot mm-hmm. well you make a, a very interesting point which is that um because the entire kind of conceit of all of these is um is set up to be a subversion of a very specific trope it's yeah. funny that how all of the rest of it kind of becomes subversive in in a lot yes. of different ways. Like not mm-hmm. not even just like in the like oh isn't it kind of silly how an otome game works way. Like some of them right. take it quite at face value. Um, but right. Even then, like they're they're still subverting something, whether it be like um, traditional gender roles or um, like you know uh, how a game world is supposed to work, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, I like I like Hamifura a lot, and I think it's a really great like introduction because it's so it's very like low stakes, lighthearted. Yeah, even though yeah. it starts out with the with the conceit being like, oh no, I'm gonna get like exiled. But then like a couple like two or three epi- like one or one two three episodes in, you're just like, okay, all right, the stakes are not actually like that. High. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> like they'll pull a little like ah ah every yeah, now and yeah. again. Um, but you know, it's 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 like. Not actually the point of the um, the story for it to be so high stakes, and actually, I find that a lot of them really aren't that high stakes, except for and this. This is absolutely <laughs> fascinating to me. The only ones that like take it super, super seriously are Korean webtoons. Yes, the Korean dude. Korean webtoons are <laughs> fucking brutal. 
They go hard, dude. <laughs> yeah, like every every single one I, I've read, except for um, the um, Beware the Villainous one, yes. is like super, super like high yep. stakes. Like I will yep. actually die. I'm in real peril. Yeah. Um, whereas a lot of the Japanese ones are are very much like, uh, you know, um, we're moving in this direction, but for the most part, it's just like ah, I'm free from my marital obligations. I can do whatever the heck I want, which is mm-hmm. kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I think that says a lot about the, the attitudes of the two right. countries. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I do think it's because, like, in a lot of ways, like, um, Korean, Korean media has a very specific bend to it um, in, in many cases um, where a lot of it is very much like, like, Korea is known as the kind of place right now, at the very least, where a lot of... Um, like a lot of like revenge or hardcore movies come out Mm -hmm. um the the kind of like landscape of media in in korea is very much like uh high stakes vindictive um kind of brutal like uh yeah i mean there Mm -hmm. is there's certainly something to be read about about the kind of like knife edge that uh that a lot of it um exists upon whereas kind of a lot of um Korean or a lot of Japanese uh, fiction, especially in this space, um, in in villainous isekai, is very similar to its like uh, regular isekai counterpart, where they're a lot more about escapism. Where like even if right. you're even if you're subverting the escapism of isekai by saying like, well, now you're in kind of a pinch, right? Um, generally speaking, the like the goodness of the main character will will carry them through to a place where they're not like um where they essentially build up protections around themselves right um right whereas in kind of korean webtoons um again aside from where the villain is many of them are very much like one person versus the entire world it's a very Mm -hmm. hostile attitude yes yes yeah and and that's certainly like definitely definitely something i find interesting especially when you consider how much of uh villainous isekai as a, as a subgenre is centered around circumstance and like uh societal like i mean like shackles right like um, oh yeah mm-hmm. you you are defined um in many ways because these are all like um presumed to be like kind of feudal-esque societies right um right a lot of them are very focused around the um the social structures and how those trap mm-hmm. people, which can yes. have like parallel uh, parallelisms to to real life and and how yeah. it works in in real life, and especially mm-hmm. the Korean ones are very very uh, adamant about this, where um, many of many of the characters who become uh, the villainous characters are characters that that have in their previous lives. Um, been very much trapped by their by their social circumstances um yeah in many, in mm-hmm. many ways because they are women and yeah. it is very interesting to me because because the genre is so focused around female characters right yes About like what, yes. Is, what does it mean to have agency in in a space right. um especially one that is um constricting you socially and one that you maybe yeah. don't even really understand and you didn't ask to be placed in um, so. Yeah, no, there's definitely, it, it feels like sometimes the stories almost are like a way for women to vent in terms of 
uh, societal expectations and also the feeling that they'll never be as good as the girl over there, right? The heroine. Right, right. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, th- mm-hmm. that is that is kind of the thing, though, right? Where a lot of mm-hmm. these um, set up the... Um, because Otome games have this dichotomy set up where um, you have two female characters who are tearing each other down all the time, um, mm-hmm. or at the very least, one tearing another down and then one trying mm-hmm. to escape that right yeah mm-hmm. um on the other hand um some villainous isekai subvert that you know um things like hamifura do subvert that by saying like, yeah well we're friends now we can just be friends yeah. right mm-hmm. and then others are um they take a different route where the the heroine is inhabited by somebody who is kind of the opposite they feel like they are owed everything because they are the main yeah. character right right and mm-hmm. there's obviously, you know, another interesting thing to kind of like, I'm going to put a pin in this one, right? But like um, something interesting about like the way that those those characters are framed um, as like whether or not they work and are deserving of such a thing or whether they are entitled to it, right? Sure. Right? And because it, yep. it, it flips the normal dynamic of what, what this is uh, from like the stereotypical kind of view of what it is on its head because – the person who is the villainous usually has high social status. You know, they're yeah. engaged to, like, the main prince, so they obviously have a lot of, like, social power. Um, and many of those feelings um, and, and actions are driven by um, jealousy or inadequacy or, or, or kind of all of those things. Um, but it's interesting for media to to be focused so much around taking this very common trope and then, like, completely flipping it on its head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, uh, it's it's really interesting as just an analysis on on uh women in general, like like at least the way that we societally construct them. Um and in in your little fantasy isekai. <laughs> right. So it's a little right. it's a little more easily digestible, I guess, in that sense. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's this is something that's kind of weird to me about about villainous isekai. Um mm-hmm. where um there is a very complicated negotiation of um, of societal power where mm-hmm. because your main character as the as the villainous, you um, you are positioned right as as the as the audience um, to sympathize with with the villainous and you're meant to kind of um, you're meant to kind of root for her. Um, right. But at the same time, the reason why that why that kind of villainous trope was so popular in in the first place, uh, as like something that was played straight, was because um, you essentially have somebody who is from the aristocracy, uh, wielding that aristocratic power over right. um, mm-hmm. commoners most normally. Because yeah. the main characters of these these ultimate games are usually like people who go to fantasy magic school but only go to fantasy magic school because they have innate magical talent and not because they're nobility right normally it's reserved for nobility so like mm-hmm. it is interesting to me that uh villainous isekai is trying to navigate this space where you are simultaneously having to reckon with the fact that your main character often has far more social power over another uh person who is you know opposed to them um and at the same time is like not really supposed to like wield it vindictively, right? Yeah. Um and it's interesting to me because it's it's almost like um in a weird way, um 
and I think a lot of a lot of Japanese media is actually quite like this. Um, Fire Emblem specifically is quite quite guilty of this um, about like the noble divine right of kings, where like all you need to make your society better is to have like good good leaders, to have like good monarchs or whatever. Um, mm. And and obviously, uh, you know, if if we kind of like take a step back outside of the frame of the fiction and we look at it, we're like, well, I mean, we probably shouldn't have monarchs at all, right? <laughs> like. <laughs> if, if, it, if all it takes is for your society um, to be good is one good monarch, and then all it takes for your society to be really bad is one really bad monarch. And yeah. we've seen that kind of consistently throughout history where, like, uh doesn't go so hot. And um, <laughs> maybe there's a reason we don't have feudalism anymore. <laughs> right? Um, but, yeah, I always think that that's a, that's a very interesting thing because at the same time, the main character is, like, has the same, um, like, the heroine of an Otome game, um, because they are framed as the heroine of an Otome game, are by, by the same kind of divine right marked as, as special, right? They have innate yeah. qualities that make them valuable to other people, um, innate qualities that kind of mark them as, as a good person, I suppose you could say. Right. Um, I mean, they... So, yeah. Right, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, it's kind of like, you know, like how in like Harry Potter, like you never realize how British it is until you realize like, oh, this boy like just happens to grow up and learn that his family has like a shit ton of money and was so <laughs> famous, right? right? Right. It's like, then you realize, wait, he didn't actually work for anything at, ever. <laughs> like he just it went to magic to school because his parents were like wizards, right? Right. But yeah, it- it's interesting because they they make you sympathize with him by the fact that he had to live with the Dursleys for um a long time right. and yeah. you feel like he suffered for this gift but it's it's true that he didn't really work for it you know <laughs> the the work that right. he put in was was surviving the Dursleys essentially yeah, and that's like kind of the exact framing that a lot of isekai stuff um a lot of villainous isekai kind of goes through where it's like um the the villainous is kind of owed the um the fruits of her labor because she puts in work right there right. there is in a in a weird way kind of this like work ethic um uh lauding that happens in a lot of regular isekai as well where like the isekaiing is the reward for dying due to overwork or being stabbed by, like, right. uh, somebody or whatever, right? Um, but then you have, like, kind of more subversive ones where being isekai is kind of, like, a blessing in disguise or or is actively a punishment, right? Mm-hmm. Like, a series like the the saga of Tanya the Evil is um, is supposed to be, like, a punishment for, for the main character. And mm-hmm. it's kind of fun to watch what happens as a result of that, where you're like, well, I guess I'll just have to rebel against the god. Right. Um, but in Villainous Isekai, it's uh, very much a an approach where um, people are just like, well, the, re- the reward for your hard work in your previous life or whatever, right? Because most often they're like, you know, the same kind of, overworked protagonists right Mm -hmm. that like die of overwork or some other accident and then they get to Mm -hmm. live a fulfilling life etc is they get transported here but instead of a a paradise instead of like a divine like uh heaven for you um it's 
it's kind of like uh, you, you're just tossing up more hardships, which maybe does say something about like the role of um, or like how women are treated, right? It's like you have to put in so much more work just to get more work put on you and like to be put <laughs> in awkward social situations. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We talked a lot. Um, I, I guess we didn't, we didn't talk a ton about it um, during the wrap up, but like um, a show like Hamifura takes kind of the the lightest approach possible to to the genre, right? It, yeah, it is very much like a um, well, if if we're if you're just nice to people, they'll be nice to you. Which I, I there is some I I find a lot of value in that as like kind of a narrative device because you know like I have expressed uh, I'm sure in the wrap up right like instead of the the kind of main mode of being you know good at life is doing the violence and being strong right you you get places by making like by being compassionate and forging relationships with people. And that's like a huge part of Villainous Isekai. It's navigating the social space um, and it's forging relationships and making sure that you're, you're kind of operating there. And it's like, again, I think a very f- like female-coded kind of Right, strength. I was thinking the same thing, yep. Right, where it's like this, this difference between what society um, generally considers to be like soft skills, like communication and, and empathy. Right and understanding and conversation and hard like quote-unquote hard skills like um like technical skills like i don't know doing sword fighting good right (laughs) (laughs) yeah there there is a lot of especially in the beginning of hamefura where she realizes if i'm not nice to these people i'll die and so that is a very that that very heavily feels like a, a very female thing where it's it's like, oh, if I'm not nice to these people around me, that'll just hurt me in the long run or in the short run even. So right, in order to, right. you know, uh, fit in with society and societal expectations, I should be kind and sweet. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I will I will say this about, about Hamefura specifically. Um, I, I do think it's very appealing to, like, um, have a character that is, like, such a hot mess that and like, oh, people yeah. love her for that and not like yes. despite it it's not like right. she ever has to go through an arc where she has to like actually learn how to be a lady or how, how to be better um in the yeah. context of, of society it's just that people kind of realize like oh yeah this is, this is like charming to me like we're friends with you and we love you because because of the way you are not despite it yeah i think it could have very easily gone in the direction of oh she's two-faced she only wants to be friends with these people so that you know, she doesn't reach her bad end. Like, it's it's just a survival thing. She doesn't actually care about them. But then you find out that she doesn't quite know what she's doing. And so there is a certain amount of, of, of like, genuine honesty that comes from her that charms the people. It's not necessarily just her being nice to them. It's her being herself. And then they gravitate towards mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um... So yeah, I like Hamifura a lot, and it's oh, yeah. it's because it's like so it's very funny. Um, obviously, <laughs> like yeah. the humor in it is is quite quite fun. Um, yes, but I think like 
The thing about Hamafura, right, is that it is very much like just one slice of villainous isekai. There's like a bunch of other, uh, I was going to say shows, none of them have been animated yet, but like there's a bunch of other series that cover a lot of different themes in relation to to villainous isekai, right? Mm. Um. We, uh, I made you read the uh, uh, villainous uh, anthology, though I may be a villainous, I'll show you I can obtain happiness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, uh, to be perfectly honest, like, because they're one shots, I like legitimately don't remember any of them. Um, in any <laughs> it's hard for me details. to remember them. Aside from like the really wacky ones, like, right. my favorite one and most memorable one was the one where she married the prime minister. Oh, I don't like, even remember that one. He, she basically, her punishment after her engagement was annulled was that she would have to marry the prime minister, and he's um, illustrated as this evil, ugly, bald, fat oh, guy. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes. I, I remember now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, turns out, she loves him, and they get along swimmingly, and then she gets revenge on her fiancé and the, and the right. heroine. yeah. 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 I, I do think, and this this is funny because um, this entire one is framed uh, specifically around that pivotal moment where um, the uh, the relationship is is annulled, right? The the um, the engagement is annulled, mm-hmm. and I like that exploration of of that aspect of the setting, um, and I like mm. that they flesh it out a lot because it is um, it presents a lot of very interesting things that that what uh, the uh, that one can like you know play with right that some of the other ones um on this list that we've kind of um, read through have picked up on but um there is always that and this goes back to the the kind of aristocratic like structure um depending on how strictly people emulate that in in their manga like it would have been such a such a fiasco if all of a sudden your crown prince was like mm, i don't think i want to get married to this daughter of a powerful <laughs> right, family. right right yeah. it would be such mm-hmm. a shit show <laughs> especially and, so publicly <laughs> right especially so publicly like you yeah. would never do that unless you were like yeah. straight up like well i mean they're like doing treason against the kingdom right <laughs> so it's like no no way no way right and, and there's right. a fairy tale aspect to that where it's like oh yeah of course the the prince marrying a commoner etc 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 um yeah. but uh it's so so funny to me like and i love the ones that explored in detail where it's like you did what <laughs> yeah where the king is really regret- upset right he's yeah. like you're gonna regret that for the rest of your life <laughs> How could you do that? <laughs> yeah, the prince is basically disowned by the end of it. It's like right. it's wild. It's, it's a very funny. It's a very funny reversal. Um, but it's also interesting because, like, um, if you're not exploring it from a um a kind of like medieval power structure standpoint, mm-hmm. you're looking at it from a relationship standpoint, where right. um either these women are generally like genuinely begrieved, or mm-hmm. uh, maybe they were never into the marriage in the first place, um, or mm-hmm. kind of any of this other kind of stuff where um it's it's very much uh a a case of like women who have um by circumstance either chosen to or choose to following this kind of um, uh, singularity like event where they have chosen to not be defined by their relationship to a man. Right. Um, And I always think that that's kind of like an interesting direction to move in. Um, Yeah. And interestingly, a lot of other isekai take that route, like a lot of villainous isekai take that route 
where they will um, run with post uh, uh, the engage. A lot of them actually happen post like annulment, right? Um, in a in a weird way, Hamefura is like kind of an anomaly in that respect, where most of them, most of these villains that guy actually happen after the engagement has already been like canceled and annulled, right? Right. Um, but Hamefura takes place before. Mm-hmm. And is about trying to avoid the the flags that that pop up. Um, yeah, though at one point she does. She is. She tells her fiance like, "Hey, you can you can cancel our engagement. It's cool, man." Yeah, like we're, we're, you don't have to do you don't have to do this anymore. We're, we're fine. Yeah. Right? Um, but yeah, uh, I I always I always kind of like looking at um, at that that stuff to like kind of see how people treat that. Um, yes. and generally speaking, like. It's interesting because it means that it opens up the characters to essentially define what is what is happiness for themselves and and seek that. And interestingly, some of the manga that I've read that I don't think I've assigned you any of them except for uh I think I think for for certain reasons um the villainous noble lady will live her post engagement annulment life freely. That is uh-huh. At least I think so. Um, that is the only one I believe that uh, maybe not even that one, but it's it's this kind of tendency for um, there are a couple, quite a couple um, tendency for uh, villainous isekai to go in the direction of the independence is gained financially, um, which is always always kind of interesting when when the isekai like suddenly brings in the capitalism oh, again, right? Yeah, a lot of them are about. Um, I don't think I. It's funny when I say like I don't. I don't think I assigned you to read any of those. Homework. But, <laughs> right, but a lot of them are. Um, a lot of them are not. Um, like a lot of them focus more on I guess what uh, what some people might find interesting, but like the uh, the economic and um, political power following the post annulment. Where, yeah. Um, generally speaking, the lady of the house uh, or the um, the villainess is put in fr- in charge of the household, like the entire mm-hmm. like usually usually like she's she's like a like the daughter of a duke, right? So she's she's yeah. in charge of the duchy um, mm-hmm. or whatever, um, and it's about m- basically being a rightful king, about being the like correct ruler and making choices that stem from that knowledge that they they have in their previous life about how like economics work etc 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 um and in that way those series are a lot closer to isekai shows um isekai like um like male dama isekai where like it's about um you know recreating power structures that uh basically oppressed you in your previous life in your new one um Mm -hmm. except What's interesting about that is that the framing is still very different because where the um, framing of isekai in, in kind of male-dominant genres, it tends to be more about, like, the individual and their contributions. In villainous isekai, the framing is almost always more about how this will bring benefit to a lot of people, right? Yeah. It is the kind of platonic ideal of like of capitalism and um economic progress where it will benefit everybody and because it is a world of fiction it does right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we obviously don't see that happen in our 
society and <laughs> our real life because mm -hmm. we don't live in the platonic ideal of capitalism or um if right. we do we live in the kind of late stage capitalism where like certain people have so many resources that they can do whatever they want and that includes like unchecking all of the like power balances that have been put in place um to mm -hmm. to you know prevent that power from from coalescing um so that's always very interesting to me but that's like a smaller subset than no, I would say it's like probably like forty forty percent of the the villainous isekai. But ma many of the other ones are not necessarily about that. None of the ones I gave you are. I don't think. Um, no, this is, I mean this one is about the plague or whatever, right? This is the one where she be yeah, she's the nurse. yeah. Uh, though though mentioning financial independence, the I'm a villain astonished. I'm going to keep the last boss. That was mentioned quite a bit in that one where she talks about yeah, yeah. Uh, her business propositions and how. Her father will she, how she owes her father money, essentially. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I I really like that one. Um, I'm that a, one I'm was great. Daughter, so I'm gonna keep yeah. the last boss. That was probably yeah. one of my favorites. It's same of of probably. Um, I think my my three favorites are Beware of the Villainous. I'm a villainous yeah. daughter, so I'm gonna keep the last boss. And yeah. um, obviously. Um, the villainous is slow prison life began with a broken engagement. Oh yeah, that's definitely up your alley. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very much. Um, yeah, as I was reading, I was like, "This is a very soupy story." <laughs> yeah, I okay. So like taking taking a little aside to talk about this, but like I really like um I really like the prison one, and mm -hmm. I see that you wrote a note here where like you're really sad that there's no more manga for this because the art yeah. is so good. I, I completely yeah. agree. I loved the art style. <laughs> It was so good. It was good. great. It, it was right? so good. I had to yeah. go out of my way to see if the the person who drew the manga had had written anything uh, a substantial. And right. The answer is no, which made me very sad. Oh no. But yeah, That's I I sad. love the art in that one, and that one is very yeah. very engaging. Um, even yeah. though it's only three chapters, each chapter is like really long though. It's like sixty pages yeah. a chapter. Mm -hmm. Um. That one outlines, um, which is funny because this this one is actually not an isekai. Um, by the by the kind of strictest definitions, it's You're not right. an isekai because she's yeah. not reincarnated. She's just like she's just like that, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. She, she was just born like basically being the bad lady in people's right. lives. Right. In in a way, though, it follows the same conventions and is probably. Um, Excusing the fact that it's not not set up to be an isekai, um, it's probably one of the best examples of of the genre because it kind of encompasses a lot of of what we've talked about, obviously. Um, but it's also like that exact kind of like um, petty vengeance <laughs> that is so satisfying. Where you're like, you have a character who has obviously been. Um, <laughs> like been been begrieved and then she's just like well i guess i'll just take off the training shackles i'll, I'll take off the little kitty gloves <laughs> and you brought this upon yourself and prepare to meet your end and it's right there's a very specific part of my brain that that makes like very happy right oh yeah for sure i think it definitely appeals like it it's a it's the penultimate uh, catharticism of being the bad guy in the story is that as a good guy, you can't really, you're expected to be above all that, to be above pettiness and revenge and all that. Right. But right. you end up rooting for the bad guy in this situation because 
Not only has she been wronged, but also it's just satisfying watching her get revenge on these supposed good people who aren't really that good. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and the fact that she, all she ultimately wants to do is to live a quiet life, but they're the ones constantly getting in her way. If they just left her alone, everything would be fine, but they don't. Right. And so then right. they suffer for it. <laughs> I, I also, um, and this doesn't actually have to do that much with Villainous Isaka, but I love the way that this uh, narrative is crafted because it feels way more like a heist movie than it does anything else mm-hmm. um, in very interesting ways. Like it shares kind of the DNA of like her plans have already kind of been set into motion since the beginning of the Yeah, movie. right, exactly. Like, <laughs> from before the first page yeah. like happens, like yeah. the the gears have already just uh, started to yeah. turn and it's just a matter right. of seeing everything kind of click into place <laughs> and that's very satisfying to watch because you're like I love, ah. yeah. <laughs> and the way that they <laughs> the way that they set up her sending down those supplies to the prison cell like under the guise of it being used as storage space but really it's to prepare for her being imprisoned after the engagement was annulled and right. so then she could live comfortably. But then also the fact that they build up suspense even more after that by her family being completely terrified of the fact that she's she's finally right. acting <laughs> as she is. You know, like they know what she's right. capable of, but no one else does. <laughs> so it yeah. keeps the story going, which I love, too. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, I, I think like a lot of a lot of the reason that I like this one um also stems from the fact that it's just like um it's very much exactly the kind of fiction that i expect from a genre that is is primarily revolving around um i guess like um how do i say this it's like kind of filling in the blanks of of a genre that did not do characters justice right um and i've I've spoken about Mm. this before Right, mm-hmm. but there's the there's a very like fan fiction esque element to the way that it is, um, that the way that this entire subgenre is is constructed, yeah. where yeah. you take a character and you explore that character in more depth than the source material ever would have you know been allowed to. Right. And- yeah. Uh, the the whole, I guess conceit of it is that villainesses are often written off as just being evil evil ladies who try to tear the heroine down uh, without any kind of like actual deep personal motivations Mm -hmm. Um, and so then this is all about exploring that but i i also like i also like it because like um in many cases they're like victims of their circumstance in many cases yeah like they are completely like in the right in many ways, um, or at the very least, like things are happening outside of their control, and um, like the way that it is manifesting is is not good or healthy, but is a response to the stress that they ha- they are receiving, um, yeah, both from result of their like kind of social status and from their emotional relationships with with other people, right? Obviously, like I don't, you know, um, it would be it would be. Uh, great if we get like more con like more stories that are not about like women tearing each other down but like mm-hmm. you know this is a this is an old trope like this this trope is like 30 years old at this point mm-hmm. if not more right it's probably like 40 yeah like 40 right because like rose of versailles came out in like 1980 or something yeah um, 
but like that that kind of stuff um is so kind of ingrained that the original text in many ways has kind of been like lost we don't really like i'm sure someone knows right but i would not be able to point to like a specific kind of like shoujo manga or like otome game and be like this is where like this kind of trope started right Mm. um historians out there help us (laughs) right and um it does it does like obviously um click it clicks a lot of like um buttons in my head that is is about like you know fan culture and about how um people are concerned about giving interiority characters that um are otherwise like one note right i love i love that kind of framing and um, I, sw- I, t- I really wish for the life of me that I could remember what that anthology was um, that was about, like, shoujo, like, villainesses, I guess you could say. Um, hmm. About, like, you know, uh, the, the bully character or the character that, like, has their love interest stolen from them or whatever, right? Like, that perspective is so interesting to me. And I really wish we got more of it, which is, I think, why I, I latched onto villainous isekai so hard is because that was a, a genre I was so interested in. Um, I, I obviously like you know me. I love I love I love 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 like trope subversion. I love it so much, and I love trope subversion that gives like um, like uh, motivations and interiority and characterization to two characters, um, and really grapples with the kind of consequences of what we would otherwise not think very much about right i love when a when something comes out and you're like well this is like this makes me reassess kind of the foundations of my yeah, knowledge right right mm-hmm. like as as much as like a show like you know um my hero academia is very much like played straight shonen anime right and that that has kind of its own appeal to me, a show like Demon Slayer is a lot stronger because it it completely challenges the assumption that like of what strength is for in the first place. It's not just mm-hmm. like it's not just protecting people from bad people, but it's like making sure that you have the strength both physically and emotionally to to like grant people like release from their suffering, right? Um, right. To say like you know this is this is mercy but it's not non-violence and that that kind of stuff right right Right. um Mm -hmm. it really addresses something very fundamental about um shonen battle manga and anime that something like my hero academia would never do Mm -hmm. yeah it definitely leans into exploring why we villainize people and also the complications of that right yeah yeah and yeah, and obviously, like in many in many cases, like it is not a great thing if mm-hmm. your planned engagement between like a very like two very important political figures is um is annulled, but mm-hmm. kind of as a society we we view it as not that um we kind of we kind of would rather play into um the idea that love kind of wins over all right that's mm-hmm. a very very powerful cultural narrative that has existed in many 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 like cultures worldwide where mm-hmm. you know damned be the consequences we'll we'll find a way to make it work and that is definitely compelling certainly right but it's also interesting to see kind of the other end where it's like yeah, you did this, and it's fine if if you do that, but, like, you're really not thinking this through, and, like, 
maybe the relationship is is even like ridiculously frivolous because like they're they're in high school right like, <laughs> what do really, you mean they are, they are in high school high schoolers like, saved the children. world <laughs> right um the fate the fate of the world and all that um yeah but you know at, at the same time like um it's like well what like the the feelings of the other character right the other woman the villainess are by no right any less important or valid uh than than those of of the heroine it's mm-hmm. just that the, the the narrative is framed in that way so yeah. that's kind of what you what you end up believing right yeah yeah um Let's talk about let's let's talk about let's talk about last boss, right? Okay. Because I think last boss is like specifically a very very good example of of a villainous isekai. It's probably one of my favorites, and it really really helps that it has an ending. <laughs> like, oh my freaking god, it's finished. <laughs> it's done, and it's like satisfyingly done, and that's why yeah. it feels like oh, I I was legitimately like, is this like the only one that's done? Oh my god, uh, that's dude. what I was I, like I, while I was reading through this. I was like, oh my god, all of these <sighs> unfinished works. I'm going to go crazy <laughs> and then this one actually yeah, had that a is, really nice ending <laughs> that is the the great tragedy of trying to read serialized manga is that like 90 yeah. percent of them are not completed and the ones that are like of the ones that are like maybe 10 percent of them have like satisfying endings and the mm. other 90 percent are like ah. Oh. so it's like one one percent of stories <laughs> and end well and then like yeah 99 of them do not yeah so yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm very appreciative of the fact that it has an ending, but <laughs> I really like uh, this one because it has that dichotomy between the um, reincarnated main character who becomes um, very invested in, in the world that she's living in and the uh, reincarnated heroine character who is um, essentially gaming the world for, for her own benefit, right? And this this is kind of a big yeah. thing that that pops up in in a lot of different uh, villainous uh, isekai. You always have to wonder if it's if it's going to pop up like when you see the heroine character where you're like but is she is she an isekai? Is is she an isekai? <laughs> is she also an isekai? <laughs> and um and in some cases the answer is yes. In Last Boss um the um spoilers I suppose, but like the um heroine character of the the Otome game that she gets transported into is also an isekai. Uh, an isekai um, person but she's somebody who realizes that it is an isekai and will um essentially game the world to to her own benefit um and gets very frustrated when when it doesn't work um in in you know in the way that i explained it's it's kind of like this idea of whether you're working for you know what um what you want or whether you feel like you are entitled to it um by the world right it's it's not that she isn't working for like both of these women are working to keep their respective uh, roles i guess but one of them is being very manipulative and two-faced about it and the other one is just doing her best <laughs> um right i mean there is yeah. there's obviously that kind of like that setup where um one one form of work is um is kind of valorized and the other right. is not right 
so, um, I, I do mm-hmm. on the mention of um whether these women end up taking up their their roles or not or they they kick it aside this one is one where she very much wants to keep her role as uh, a prominent noble woman. She doesn't want to become a commoner or anything like that. And she kind of thrives in this role, I'd say. Um, she has a lot of financial resources. She has, you know, people around her who will support her. And she's also very smart, arguably smarter than the heroine. Right. Uh, and she uses that to battle against the heroine who has so many, uh, so many good things that are basically handed to her, like the fact that she has a holy sword that can just kill demons right, or monsters, exactly. and uh, and all of the quote unquote capture targets are meant to just fall in love with her, like basically upon meeting her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's like, well, so so the the villainess decides that she's going to go for. I guess the last one that she was meant to meet, the the, the, like, the final king. boss. Yeah, the right. demon king, because he is unlock he, he you cannot unlock him in the first route. And so she realized, oh, you have to complete the game and, you know, get hitched with one of the capture targets before you can even unlock him. So that means right. that he's completely unattainable by the heroine, so I gotta go for him. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, th- I think what's really interesting, though, is when you look at the arc of her character, um, and I, <laughs> this is, this is going to sound terrible, but I can't, rem- I can't yeah. remember a single name in any of these because <laughs> I just read them all at the same time, right? right. I'm so sorry. Like, <laughs> but the reason, um, the reason, like, Last Boss is, is uh, really great to me is because once the kind of arc of her character um, reaches uh, its climax, she there's this really, really great panel. Um, it's a, like a great page or two um, near the very end of the manga where they're like in the final confrontation between the heroine and uh, and the villainess. And the thing that they do is they set up this like great double shot where um, they're talking about like how they view the world where um, sh- uh, the, the villainess says, this is my one and only life. Now. I know what you're talking about. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and and the, the heroine says like this is this is like a game like I I'm supposed to win this game yes right and it kind of like really I I thought that was like an amazing yes. amazing moment. it was um, so one, good yes <laughs> one because like the 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 art for like the paneling for it um yeah. the way the page is set up is so yeah mm, just yeah, gorgeous very good very good very good very yeah. very good um excellent excellent dichotomy shot yes um, yes like this really great juxtaposition. And mm-hmm. and the other reason I like it is because it, it kind of speaks to the the thematic ideas of um of the of the entire series, right? Um of, of the entire manga where um the it, from the outset, like, you know, she's trying obviously not to, to die, to to get mm-hmm. deaded, um <laughs> or become not a not a noble woman because like, you know, that's like a thing right um but like she does live in in or she was transported to to a game world but at a certain point she realizes like that it is not like she shouldn't treat it that way and that it is it is her life because um it is also the life of the person she essentially came to inhabit and those people became one person and yeah mm-hmm. i think there's something very interesting about this concept of 
reincarnation, but into an existing person. And what happens to that person when you when you get like isekai into them? Yeah, and I think. Um, them... b- yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Well, I was gonna say many of them have this um, have a slight kind of tension um, where they're like, well. Who who am I really? Because like right, that's yeah. very fucking jarring, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And at the same time, it's like, should I forsake the the desires of what the like my host yeah. body, I guess you could right. say, wanted so badly that she would like you know do do terrible things for right. for mm-hmm. um, something that um, obviously like you know I know better and um this is also like my life and it's very interesting to see this conclusion where um she has she has not only become both people and like kind of grown as a result but is also like this is my life like this isn't this isn't a game like this right. is this is something that I choose to to take seriously and uh I choose to to kind of invest myself in um, even though like that was never asked of me, right? It kind of mm-hmm. is an attitude that I think many people take when they like write these these series. Yeah, no, I think that's super interesting. Is um, like you said that dichotomy, <laughs> that dichotomy of uh, that anatomy. Yeah, <laughs> where they both are women whose lives were cut short in their previous lives, and so realizing that. One of them decides, I'm going to use this as a second chance to get everything I want that I wasn't able to get in my previous life. And then the other takes it as a second chance to live her life to the fullest um, because she was hospitalized for most of her life and she couldn't, you know, live like a normal human being. Um, And I think I would say like in terms of the whole um assuming the identity of of your host body so to speak i think beware of the villainous actually explores yes, that super it does a, well it does a super super good job yeah she has a whole like freaking dream sequence where she talks to you know her host body's you know self essentially um and they kind of come to an agreement that you know I lived my life the way that I wanted to, but this is your life now, and you should do what you want with it. Um, I, I won't regret the fact that I loved this person while I was out there, but you're not me. You know, you don't have to live that way. Right, um, right. Yeah. No, I <laughs> I kind of wish more of the works explored that a bit more in terms of, yeah, if you're being isekai'd, what... <laughs> what happens to the person? <laughs> what happens? They just disappear. Right. <laughs> well, it's it's interesting because there's there's lots of ways that they handle this. Um, yeah. Because like sometimes it is another person gets like transported into um, an existing person and just completely overwrites their personality. Right. Yeah. Um, like like I think I think Hamifer is is a lot like that, and I think I think maybe the implication was just that like old Katarina just fucking died. <laughs> right like maybe she just died that's a little dark but like like you know because she got the head injury <laughs> right she she like cracked her head open oh my god yeah um yeah yeah uh, sorry that was i got very very dark very fast <laughs> I think most oh. most works will kind of write it off as the fact that oh you're being placed in a game quote right. unquote or, a game world 
Or yeah. it's just like the memories of another person kind of flooding to you, and it's not necessarily. Yeah, right. And I, and then you get into the conversation of like you yeah. know like what is a person really? <laughs> what is a person but a pile of memories in a meat sack? <laughs> you were an ideological sausage. <laughs> if you receive another person's memories, do you become a different person? Yeah, or yeah, are you the right. Same person. I, and yeah. that, that's kind of that's kind of like um, something that I've always really liked about like quote unquote amnesia arcs or fiction, where like mm. what happens to that person when you get all the memories <laughs> back? And that's what I that that's kind of that was one of my favorite things about Doctor Who when I watched like a lot of it, where I was mm-hmm. I was very interested in the idea of like well. I'm the same person, but I'm also becoming a different person. But me as the the person that knows that I will become a different person, like I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to die. And you're like, <laughs> damn, that's kind of dark. Like mm-hmm. what? Right, because it, it's one of those things that does call into question. Like, and this is why I love Nier Automata so so much. Right, it calls into question like what is what is a person <laughs> if not just like it, it, not their lived experiences, right? Like, what kind yeah. of ephemeral thing do you have to grasp? Like, what what is your soul composed of? Mm-hmm. Right? So, that is always something very interesting to me. But um, in, in regards to The Last Boss, uh, I also think it, it's really great because it so gradually builds up this, uh, the relationship between the two main characters. And it goes in that kind of, like, very, they're bristly towards each other at the start. And then, like, they grow to, like, really care about each other. Um, which, I, <laughs> you know I'm a sucker for. Yeah, I love that <laughs> and then just, 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 just to make sure that I would fall in love with it, right? Uh-huh. Just like, mm, you know what? Three <laughs> or four things that you like isn't enough. I'm gonna add one more on there. It's like it's like when you're getting ice cream and you're like, I want some sprinkles, and the dude just like shoves his entire hand into the sprinkle box and is like, Here's your sprinkles, and you're like, Oh my god, I didn't ask for this many sprinkles. <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, Overturns the bucket onto your ice cream cone. <laughs> uh, you, you just dumps your ice cream into the into the box yeah. of sprinkles. Hands yeah. over. It's never happened to you. Okay. Um, <laughs> there is a very interesting moment of Last Boss that I very, 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 very much am in love with, which is how much do the game mechanics of the Otome world affect the world itself, and hmm. whether the narrative is willing to grapple with that or not. Because yeah, there is mm-hmm. there is a lot of anxiety in the main character about whether or not the um, fact that the heroine is the heroine of the game will force the person that she's she's interested in the like demon king to fall in love with her, and I love that setup. I love it so much. I love it with all my heart. I love the like fateful kind of like twisting, the like yeah. Can you resist the like strings of fate? Right? Is that is mm-hmm. that a thing that you can mm-hmm. do? Right. Yeah. That's one of my favorite, very favorite na- uh, narrative conventions, and mm-hmm. because it's such good dramatic, like um, dramatic tension, where you're like, wait, I actually like don't know, <laughs> because like yeah, right. <laughs> I, I, got, I have no way of knowing. Neither does the main character, and like we're kept in suspense about it. Like, what if yeah. it does happen? And you know, in the end. Probably not, right? Where you're like you're like you will overcome it with the force of your emotions, but you want to see that happen. You want that knife to be <laughs> twisted a little bit before it does. Right? Yeah, yeah. I agree. They they did a great job of building suspense 
right. around every turn, despite how capable the main character is. She's constantly kept on her toes because each new challenge just right. is exactly. more insurmountable than the last. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I absolutely, absolutely, I, I love it. I love underdog stories mm-hmm. too. And mm-hmm. like Villainous just combines that with like all of these other <laughs> interesting things that like my brain is like very, very intrigued by. Um, right. I think I, the, yeah, I, I love it. And the, the fact that you know, they they set it up so well that you know as soon as the last boss transforms into a dragon, she is going to die. The villainess is going to die. They right. they hammer that home so many times throughout the story, so that when he finally transforms, you're like, no, you're like, no, oh my god, oh, it's happening. <laughs> yeah, it's happening. <laughs> also, that the the the, I promise that I won't like. 100% spoil it because I know it's like yeah. the first time we've mentioned it but oh my god the last chapter is so good like the last two <laughs> chapters are so so yeah. good because yeah. everything makes sense within the the narrative that has already been set up it pays mm-hmm, off mm-hmm. in such a satisfying way to yes. have an actual climactic moment that mm-hmm. happens where like all of the drama comes to a head and yeah. you you're left wondering like for for an actual moment you're like what what is going to happen like how right. how is this going to go and when you see it happen you're like oh, oh. <laughs> um, they so, just set it up so well and yeah, and you absolutely. can accept the conclusion because they had led you there naturally it wasn't like yeah, a, every- a a deus ex or anything like that every part of it is is like set up beforehand and so when yes. it comes back and it's like set not only set up, it's set up and expanded upon. So when it comes back, you can yeah. bring it back up to um to dramatic effect. And that's like right. part of what makes a really good story. Like many of the many of the um villainous isekais are quite lighthearted, really, at the mm-hmm. end of the day, right? The stakes are mm-hmm. pretty low. It's mostly about like how does a capable woman get herself out of a fix, right? <laughs> right. Um and Last boss does this in just like stunning fashion. It's so yeah. so good, and the art yeah. is super cute too. Mm-hmm. I love the art style. Absolutely, the art was so good, and the characters were written so well. They had so much personality and oh, details yeah. to them. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it's it's very rare that you find like such a like such a shining gem of yeah. like just a well done manga that is done mm-hmm. right. Because mm-hmm. um, otherwise, like. There are good manga that end in about 14 or so chapters. This one, is, I think, is about mm-hmm. like 12, 13 chapters. Um, yeah. Many of the ones that I've I've read that are quite memorable are tend to be in that range because, like, they ha- they set out with a story that they wanted to to write and complete. Yeah. Um, but then on the other end of the spectrum, you have, like, really great one-shots. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have shows that are so long that I could not <laughs> reasonably in good faith recommend anybody, like, start reading them, right? Uh-huh. Like, I really like um, uh, the villainous Isekai, um, I think, like, uh, the Duke's daughter wants to lead a normal life or something like that. Um, the title, the, all of these titles are super long because they're all based on light novels and light novel titles, as we yeah. all know, are, like, longer yeah. than Fall Out Boy song titles. Like, it just yeah. is a thing that happens, right? Um, but that one is, like, f- f- like, 65 chapters and I could not in good faith be like, Renu, I need you to read this for the podcast. Like, I would feel so bad about doing that. Um, but that, that is like the prime one I would, I would point to in terms of the, the um, kind of economic angle. 
um, if you're interested, obviously. <clears throat> so the uh, last Japanese one that I wanted to talk about before we move on to Korean webtoons, because it's a very Korean webtoons is very different beastie. Um, That's true. I want to talk about Lady Rose wants to be a commoner because it's <laughs> it's not technically a villainous isekai. If, I was gonna ask you about that. <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm being completely honest, it's not yeah. actually a villainous isekai. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is an isekai, um, but it is about the heroine. But it is still subversive, so that's why I wanted to keep it on the list. Um, because it is about a heroine that is trying to escape the flags that keep popping up around her about the game events, because she's like, I don't want to deal with this. I want to. I want to be in a bakery. <laughs> yeah which is very relatable <laughs> obviously um yeah but i love this one and i want to talk about this one specifically for um something that i've mentioned before but i love the the idea of um the game world the the conceit of the game world and um the idea of that intertwining with inescapable fate and i absolutely love the fact that it is um just so so desperately trying to get her to like be involved in the plot of the game and yeah. she's just like i don't want this people keep, will die <laughs> they keep visiting her little house and her little bakery <laughs> and it's these all these fancy princes and gentlemen and she's like no 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 <laughs> And uh yeah, I I do think it's interesting how she tries so very hard to avoid the game events, but mm -hmm. the game world is kind of retroactively working around that. It's working right. around her working around the game. Um and so yeah, no, it's really cool and she solves most everything with bread so far, so I'm down. Yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Bread is the best solution. We've known yeah. that for years now. Bread we've, solves all we've your been, problems. We've been, we've been known. We just, we were waiting for someone to preach the good word. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. The only thing that I was kind of thrown off by in this story was that the tonal shifts are really bizarre. Yes. Like, no, I agree. Yeah, I don't know how much of it you remember, but like, I don't know if you remember the chapter that she goes into that whole uh, question answer thing with the with the long blonde haired guy. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. He's got the ponytail. He's like the merchant uh, capture target or whatever. And right. it goes from like you know your usual villainous isekai affair to like kind of like. <laughs> Harkening to like Death Note mental manipulation, like yes, I'm trying yep. to game the system, kind of. I was like, "What is happening?" I mean, this is really exciting, but like, this is the, not in line at all with what's been going on. I 100 percent agree with you um, because as much as I do love Lady Rose wants to be a comic, yeah. it is so funny to like be reading what is essentially like a kind of like pastoral slice of life like i i want i just want to be a baker to escape my like yes know, uh, responsibilities life yeah and and then every couple of chapters you're just introduced to by the way welcome to a life or death situation not just for the main character but for the entire <laughs> kingdom and you're like what is happening what do you mean why is happening <laughs> And they they also introduce like her her backstory trauma like pretty heavy handedly like they just jump right into it so it goes from this pattern of like 
lighthearted bakery shenanigans to mental manipulation to more shenanigans to trauma. And I was like, good God, I need... <laughs> yeah, yeah. It does not give you a lot of warning before it just kind of... Yes. Slams you over and the head. Kind of pops you the, into uh, there. The hard stuff. Yeah. Uh, that being said, it was an interesting read. I think that one is definitely still ongoing. Um, yes, yeah. yeah. I, it's it's one that I do recommend because I think it has one of the most interesting like protagonists of any of them because mm-hmm. she has so much latent trauma and so many like kind of what, what you might consider like character flaws um, and uh, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I do like the fact that when she is just cornered because she knows that she's not um, I guess like smart enough to to outwit her opponent or whatever. She just breads them, and then it's fine. <laughs> I mean, bread does solve most problems. That's been my experience, <laughs> traditionally speaking. Like she had to bread her little brother, and that was, <laughs> that was... yeah, her yandere little brother. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, and and I really liked her non best friend. That was really cute. Yeah, her only yeah, yeah. friend, rather. Her only friend. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's it is a very weird series. Like it, is it almost feels like it's one. not really certain about which direction it wants to go in, so it just That's kind of I cycles like. violently yeah. back and forth. That is exactly the feeling that I get is that it's kind of meandering a bit because it wants to go forward in the story, but it doesn't quite know how. Um, right. Yeah. So there are these really dramatic set pieces that it's kind of just mm-hmm. pushing together. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm very interested <laughs> to see how that one turns out. So yeah. Uh, let's talk about the Korean ones, because, uh, I, uh, I shared with you two ones that are, mm-hmm. are Korean. Mm-hmm. That, uh, oh boy. They're so different. <laughs> they're they're really so different. different. They're, they're very different from the, the Japanese, like, villainous isekais, and very different yeah. from each other. Um, they're very different from each other. <laughs> I will, I will say this, beware of the villainous is, is kind of is the anomaly like it's the exception that proves the rule death is the only ending for the villainous is the one that like most of the korean webtoons are like i see okay yeah so um i suppose we should talk about beware the villainous first uh for no reason in particular it's just first on the list um yeah How great is this? How great is this, <laughs> is this series? I swear to you that this this protagonist right here, this villainous right here, is my favorite out of all of the ones I, in this I 100% list. agree, and I 100% oh, believe it. Oh my god. Like, she's not only... Because some of the... Uh, at least in the anthology, um, you would come across a villainous who wasn't really a villainous. You know, like, she was misunderstood, right? She wasn't actually doing bad things. Right. This villainess, she definitely did bad things, does bad things, will Continues probably continue do bad doing things. bad things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. she thrives in it, right? Like, she she realizes the hand that she was dealt and decides, you know, that's, that's the way it's going to be. I have to deal, I have to grapple with how my host body acted in the past and kind of reconcile that with how I am Mm -hmm. and try and navigate the world from there. But at the same time, I will criticize my host body's actions because I completely disagree with a lot of her choices. And I (laughs) want to make her, I want to make her valued is that she, she kind of comes from a really nice place where she felt like her host uh, was like a doormat to the prince. Mm Mm-hmm. 
and she can't stand for that. She she wants her her host to have like led a light of led a life of of pride and dignity, be becoming of her role in society of being a noble woman. Mm-hmm. But instead, she was reduced to like being like a bleeding, violent little lamb for the for the prince, and that's not okay. Right. So, um, the fact that she <laughs> very very quickly. Puts the prince in his place and then continues to do so for all the other captured targets. <laughs> speaks her mind and then does what she wants and then, <laughs> but also admittedly, she 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 tells like or she she um as you go through her thought process, she knows that she's not very smart mm-hmm. in relation to you know maybe the people around her, but she also knows that morally she's right because everyone else here is such. It's they're all bad. They're all garbage people. It's so yeah. good. Yeah, except for the heroine, whom she knows is like a perfect angel. Everyone else right. is garbage, and so she and tries to keep everyone away from the heroine. And I, I love that even even the like heroine is just is just like I don't really want to be here. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I. I absolutely love Beware of the Villains because it is by far the one that has like the most chaotic energy. And yes, <laughs> it is one of the most cathartic ones because um, it's it has a very similar tone to uh, the prison one, except yeah. in 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 a different way. Where like um, yeah. the uh, the prison one is about this like kind of slow, uh, lazy unfolding plan that mm-hmm. will will eventually destroy everybody involved in in shaming her um mm-hmm. and beware of the villainous is this sucks i'm going to wreck it <laughs> and she spends the entire series wrecking things and it's, it's so great. so good and so satisfying <laughs> to just see her not accept any shit whatsoever <laughs> I'm really curious about how they'll go from here because I noticed that there isn't a whole lot of characterization for the capture targets yet. And so I'm interested right. in seeing how the author will treat that because we get a lot of great characterization for the villainess, for the heroine, and for um werewolf boy. Right. Um, her servant. And I want to kind of see that for uh the capture targets too, because so far a lot of their thoughts and motivations have been not really spoken. It's just kind of assumed by the villainess that this guy is a playboy. He was just trying to get back at me. For some reason, he th- doesn't want to annul our engagement, but I'm going to try my darndest to make sure that it happens. <laughs> and, it, yeah. and the same goes for like all the other capture targets too, where they each have... We, we're only seeing it from her point of view, so we don't actually know what the truth is. Right. Um, yeah, so... This, this also yeah. reminds me, um, this is probably by far the prettiest one to look at. Oh, it's great. It's in full color. Oh, I love this about Korean webtoons. They're always in full color. Um, oh my gosh. And that's work. It is it is a <laughs> lot of work for sure. But like yeah. holy crap, it the yeah. art is so so good. And it's really good. It's mm-hmm. super unique too. Like I I can't think of anything else that looks like this. And it's not like it's like photorealistic or anything. It has just such a sharp, like clean style to it. Like the shading yeah. is so like nice and sharp, and like yeah. the character designs are like really appealing to look at. I love the main character. Yeah, what I what I noticed um, reading it and uh, look analyzing the artwork because I was so impressed by it was where the author saved time 
because uh-huh. there's absolutely no way that you would be able to hand draw all of this and oh, maintain yeah. your sanity and keep up with weekly or however. I don't know how, how often they, they publish, but like, you know, webtoons have deadlines, you know, right, that you exactly. have to meet. Um, and so the way I noticed or the, what I noticed about it is that the artist is super smart about the about where they they essentially quote unquote take shortcuts right they they save time mm-hmm. for themselves where they 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 do use 3D CG assets right. but they uh in, you know they composite them so well that you really don't notice them or they're so far pushed into the background that it's so you you just you're scrolling through as like like you do with a webtoon that you wouldn't you wouldn't really notice it if you're just scrolling through right. it's like a background yeah. shot of like a building or something or of a carriage where you kind of know that it's CG, but only because it looks a little too perfect, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, otherwise, like, uh, it, if it had a couple like imperfections here and there, I would, I would, ass- I would have assumed that they, they, they drew most of it, right? Um, and it's the same with um, some of the clothing designs, um, like the bows or the princes, uh, the front of his, uh, um. I want to say his his shirt or his jacket or something that really formal right, looking yeah. coat. Yeah, uh, the the trimmings on that are also I want to say either like a pattern that the author drew and and copied or um, were also like a part of a CG asset. Mm-hmm. But either way, like yeah. it's really really well done. Like you barely notice it. Like you would only notice it if you were looking for it. And I was looking for it because I just wanted to make sure that this person wasn't like an actual like artist god. <laughs> they were <laughs> right, they right, were right. a human being like me, you know. <laughs> just like has eight hands, all of which you yeah. art with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> yeah, there are totally, artists totally. out there that are that crazy, like the the artist for um, Bride Story, who hand draws all of these really really intricate historical patterns for clothing. For every panel in the entire oh, I know, comic yeah, book. I know exactly what yeah. you're talking about. That's yeah. actually like wild. Yeah, and I just I don't <laughs> I, I I appreciate that people out there like that exist, but I need to like <laughs> you need to know there are normal people out there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, I I completely I completely get that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But anyway, the the art is fantastic. I loved it. <laughs> um, I mean, to be fair, it also it plays a lot on. Um, I, I think it play. There are many faces that are like very, uh, very clearly like <laughs> like traced, but because they're meme faces, yeah, and they're incorporated <laughs> so well. I was it's- not expecting so many pop culture references and internet references like it really threw me <laughs> and and it is like it is at simultaneously both legitimately like quite compelling to read um because it yeah. has its moments where it's like <laughs> you know um addressing the material uh seriously and then many others where it's just so funny you're just it's like so funny. <laughs> like you just see what? a face that like god like you know the face that her dad makes <laughs> The one where he's just like, <laughs> I, it's so funny. I like cracked up for like five minutes after after reading it because I was like, I can't. This is too much. Every time she whips around with her exasperated like face just, of like, <laughs> like the wrinkles on her face just droop and it's just so funny. It is. It's it's such a good like modern comic right yeah every aspect of it is like is like could only have possibly been made 
like <laughs> now, right? Right. And it feels very, very like new. And at the mm-hmm. same time, the impact of it is so good because it's incorporated <laughs> so well. It's not just like right. one-offs or, or um, whatever. Kind of every layer of it is like many of the gags are like, you know, like um, these like like really detailed, like traced like reaction shots. But they're always spot on and they're always so yes. funny and they always complement yes. the like pacing of, of the, yep. the comic so well. Right. Yes. Every aspect of it is is just done Mm -hmm. incredibly. Mm -hmm. It never feels forced. Like they're trying to like kind of like ham fist this joke in because they knew that it would be funny. It's just so appropriate for that moment. Like this meme face is exactly how I would feel in this situation. And it's perfect. (laughs) Well, and this is this is like a little bit outside the scope of like really the um uh, the the kind of discussion of, of villainous isekai, but as a comic, it's very well put together, right? Yeah. As a piece yeah. of visual media, it feels way more like somebody fluent in meme in memes, right? Yeah. Than <laughs> yeah. somebody who has seen a meme, right? Like you can right. kind of tell yes, when like yes, some, yes. when like a manga puts in like a one off like Salt Bay reference, you're like, aha, it's a right. Salt Bay, right? Right. And then it's another thing entirely when they're incorporated naturally, like naturalistically into your story in a way yeah. where they become part of the visual language of the comic itself and that that actually is very <laughs> impressive and something that i really don't see a lot of outside of um uh shoot what was that manga called it's like tokyo esp or something um but like one of the characters dads is just leonidas from the 300 movie and then another <laughs> character is just yoda from the star wars movie but they're like uh-huh. important characters and nobody addresses it <laughs> And that creates this, like, hilarious, dissonant kind of uh, absurdist humor, which I really appreciated. But, like, yeah, I struggle very much to think of another comic that incorporates memes so well while, like, making sure that they're not, like, not going to become instantly dated. Because that that is, like, the real problem with memes, right? Where if you're not careful with how you use them, Mm -hmm. you come across as somebody who uh, is very out of the loop or is very old. Um, yes. And so it is very impressive to have a comic that is is very hip with the kids, as they say. Um, yeah. It just like, I... feels like somebody's <laughs> fluent in how memes are actually used in real life. Right. Like it's like it's I feel like this author has such a good grasp on on meme language and using it as a language that they probably socialize very normally right. with memes but in such a way that's communicable even to someone who maybe hasn't necessarily seen the meme or knows what they're talking about they'll be able to read this um webtoon and they'll still be able to enjoy it even if it's for the fact that the face is really funny but the face is also very appropriate for the the thing that's happening in it and it's still it works regardless Mm -hmm. right okay um, <clears throat> let's talk about death is the only ending for the villainous, which is the, uh, last one that I, I asked you to read. Um, <laughs> t- speaking of tonal whiplash, um, <laughs> this, this is by far the darkest one that I asked you to read. There are darker yes. ones out there, but, uh, I did, I did not yeah. ask you to read them. Um, yeah. But all the darkest ones are always Korean webtoons. <laughs> Korean webtoons pull so few puns. And, and I think it's because it's a result of the fact that they are products of um, of and for the internet. Where like, whereas manga in in most large respect is still kind of a, a print medium, right? 
mm-hmm. where like they kind of expect you to buy it. Whereas webtoons can kind of get around a lot of restrictions that manga does. You know, manga having to go through traditional publishing and webtoons right. um, not really, right? Right. Um, and moreover, it's like webtoons for the most part um, – don't really have the same fear of uh, and this is an entire discussion about webtoons versus manga right uh, about like korean like korean webtoons um but webtoons i find don't have the same sense of urgency um or uh i, I wouldn't even say urgency they don't have the same sense of anxiety that serialized manga does where serialized manga always feels like knife edge like this could end at any moment and it would be very mm-hmm. unsatisfying webtoons mm-hmm. kind of go at their own pace because it's a it's a weekly or you know you know usually every two weeks or every week or so um, strip, and it doesn't feel like the authors are under the same anxieties surrounding getting canceled that uh, that regular kind of Japanese mangaka are, because the only real um, it feels like the only real like way to not do the the webtoon anymore is if you just stop making it if you can't like fit that part of uh if if you can't fit it into your life anymore if you can't produce it right right Mm -hmm. um and this obviously this kind of sometimes leads to things like tower of god where it takes like 800 chapters to get invested in anything um but it's like quite good once you do and then other things like like beware the villainous which just feels like it's just so irreverent for anything and it's it like takes no <laughs> prisoners and it's so fun. Um Yeah. But then there's stuff like Death is the only ending for the villainous, which is like a very dark take on um what is like landscape wise uh a very usually quite soft uh subgenre. Yeah, it I I remembered while reading this, the moments that I laughed really surprised me. I was like, oh, I laughed. I got a chuckle out of that. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. And it it is it is I think because this webtoon is quite good. Uh, Death is the only uh, ending is quite good for um like traditional ideas of how to build tension, which is that you build tension yes. and then you relieve it for a little bit and then you build it yes. up again so that you can, mm-hmm. you know, really and, and it's like a yeah. this like cycle. It's like the cycle of horror, right? Because mm-hmm. it is quite a scary manga. Um, or a, a webtoon, I should say. Um, oh yeah. In the respects of the stakes, actually, are quite meaningful because she will die. Actually, yeah. If 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 things go wrong, um, yeah. And you know that she won't, because then the series will end. But the tension is still built in such a a proficient way that yes. you still feel it, right? Yeah. Hmm. Um. You feel the dread that she feels, and when right. something kind of funny happens, it like you get to relieve the tension a little bit, right? And yeah. that's the way that you're able to to continue to have this much tension. Because if you just are high tension all the time, it becomes meaningless, right? Yes. It is the kind of ebb and flow of of tension that makes it meaningful, right? That is why a roller coaster right. does not just have like eight drops <laughs> in a row. It's like yeah. it has like a drop and then like some loop-de-loops and then like a, right. a straight bit and then it drops again, right? Yeah. I think my favorite, um, I guess, like chapter or, or arc or whatever that's occurred so far is um, when she meets the... Uh, the the prince i guess mm-hmm. um the the blonde haired guy right um she you 
you get introduced to the fact that she has to go to this ball. She doesn't want to go. But then she has this nice heart-to-heart with her brother. Um, they ride there together. And then the the prince shows up. And he is all violence. And it's already been... She's already been dreading this encounter. But she wants to meet him because she wants to test out the game mechanics and see if there's a reset button like there is in her game. Right. And when she encounters him, she is just about ready to die, but then she panics because there's no reset button that's popping up for her. And I love that tension of, is she going to go through with it and really commit and test and to, to see whether she'll die, die? And wake up in her, you know, in in her previous body, you know, in the right, real like world. Right, Zero style. Right. Or will she just die here will and that'll be the end of her? Will she just die in real life? Yeah. And I love that she just has this complete freak out and then just aborts out of it completely. And is like, I can't risk it. Like, this is, this is my life, you know? And then after that, after that's all resolved, they have like the tension lifting moment of her meeting the other capture target. <laughs> The, the silver-haired guy after that. Right, um, right. So I think the way that they play with um, this kind of, like you said, the traditional like easing of tension and then building it up again is is quite good in this one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like they like clearly the author kind of knows what they're what they're yeah. doing with that. Yeah. <laughs> I think in in regards to like it's it's kind of place in um in a, like a lineage of like villainous isekai. Uh, this. Mm-hmm. Webtoon is very interesting because it's so dark about what what its premise is. Um, yeah, and at the same time, uh, it's very, very, very clear about what uh, what that like situation, like what the situation, the conceit of the webtoon means for the main character and why it means something for the main character. Right? Yeah. Um, this is obviously something that I, I kind of like alluded to um, earlier, but like. The idea of this uh, world that you're transported to where you are bound by like social uh, convention and your options are so limited and many of them will end up with you getting into like serious trouble or like even Mm -hmm. like actual peril, right? Like we don't really have to imagine a world like that. That's just what it's like to be a woman. Mm -hmm. So like it works really well because it takes the the core kind of um conceit of of like the villainous isekai and it very explicitly looks at it from the lens of you know what is it what does it mean to come from a society where and this is especially true of of <laughs> and this might be part of why like this is such a a, a prominent thing in in korean like webtoons but like it, Korea is such a like a highly patriarchal society. Mm. It is it is intensely intensely misogynistic and and mm-hmm. terrible for women, right? And many of this um, kind of comes from this like conservative worship of Confucianism, right? Obviously, you know, kind of like China in that same respect, where like women don't have a lot of options. In fact, mm-hmm. you could almost say that it, it in a in a game like sense, they have very limited options, and if you right. choose the wrong one, it will not end very well for you, right? So that kind yeah. of dread is not only like a, a, a tension and a dread that builds naturally in the story, but is also kind of borrowing from um, like a real life kind of sense of of dread, right? Oh yeah, and not mm-hmm. not like maybe. Um, 
like I, I honestly, I think it's like somewhat intentional, right? Um, I, mm-hmm. because like they spend so much time like discussing the the main character's backstory, right? Or like alluding yeah. to it at the very least, and you you kind of get why all of these choices are so, uh, anxiety inducing because one of them is just being silent. You just have to shut up and take it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's not even the right choice, right? It's like, yeah. Sometimes it's groveling, and groveling's not the right choice, right? And um, like the world tells you that you have to respond in a certain way, and when you do, it punishes you. Yes. So, um, which is why I I do like that. Eventually, she she just decides to turn off the choices and go right. about it her own way, and right. it, it works out for her. Um, but the tension is still there because even though. Uh, like game mechanic wise, she can see how much they like her um, in terms of favorability percentage. Like their percentage goes up the more that she says something that they like. She still runs this risk of she's playing the game in quote unquote hard mode. And so if she makes right. one single slip up, their favorability will drop instantly and she'll reach a bad ending and they'll kill her essentially. Right. Um, so I do think that that's a really great ongoing tension mechanic within this story is that it doesn't matter how comfortable you get with them, like slowly increasing favorability with her. It's just, it, t- it just takes one slip up, you know, and then right. and it's over for her. Yeah. Yeah. And the I fact mean, that they also, they show her, her deaths, I think is also really poignant. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think also like that, that kind of feeds into the same thing though. Right. Where it's like, yeah. um, it is it is very very easy for uh <laughs> it's very easy for you to say one wrong thing and suddenly, you know, a man hates you. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's that's not a game, that's real life. That's real. <laughs> um but yeah, you know, like I I think that this um I like uh and the reason I I recommended this to you above all of the other even the darker ones, right? Cuz I wanted to recommend mm-hmm. that you read one of these like dark webtoons um in addition to Beware of the Villainous, right? Mhm. Cuz they're so so drastically different. Um Yeah. But the reason I wanted to, I wanted you to read this one is because it is probably the most explicit and touches the most on why the themes of villainous isekai as a genre are interesting, right? Mm. Um this idea of being placed into a situation in which you have to, you know, make the right choices to survive. It's very different from Hamefura, which is like if you're just nice to people, like you can use compassion and empathy to solve problems. Right. right. And this kind of is the opposite where it's like compassion and empathy will get you nowhere if people around you are not willing to accept it. Which, right. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. Yep. That's something in it. <laughs> so, um, I very much, very much like appreciate this as kind of one of the things that, that we're looking at in that regard. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was a very interesting read. It's still ongoing, like a lot of these. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing it update. I checked, like, I think just the other day. To see if yes. updated because I'm I've been keeping up with them. Nice, nice. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's uh, I don't know. Do you have anything else that you want to talk about? Uh, 
I think that's that's mostly it. Um, oh, there was one that I wanted to mention. Uh, the the for certain reasons, the villainous noble lady will give up, will live her post engagement annulment life freely. The one that's about her being a nurse. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it like. <laughs> I thought that I would like this one because it appeals to like my medical sensibilities. Right. <laughs> but then they just magic it away, Soupy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there, I, there are other ones where she actually does doctoring stuff. Uh, not in okay. this one, but other manga. Okay, okay. <laughs> I want to, okay. <laughs> but you just, you just want Dr. Isekai. Uh, yeah, essentially, right? <laughs> there is 100% Dr. Isekai, I promise. There's, I bet there's so many Dr. Isekai. I'm already. sure there are. That, that's what I want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there will be something very cathartic for me in that. <laughs> Someone right. using very modern medicinal sensibilities to treat past diseases where the technology doesn't exist yet and they cannot use modern technology to do so. Like right. she knows that bacterial infections are causing such and such disease, but she doesn't know how to treat it. And so she reaches in with her magic and pulls it out of them. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's certainly a thing. <laughs> Um, I do like that they promoted hand washing and wearing masks. It's almost like <laughs> this this piece of work, which was written before certain things, you know, <laughs> new things. Um. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's all. Otherwise, this was this was really fun. I liked reading all of these. I'm, it was I'm kind glad. of a whirlwind, but it was fun. <laughs> Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I completely, um, I completely agree. Like, this is part of why I wanted to go switch to like a monthly schedule because, like, uh, it gives us a lot more time to explore more things than like a, mm-hmm. a two week kind of turnaround would. Because, like, a two week turnaround just means we have one week to do things and then one week to edit, um, which is not very much time to do any research whatsoever. Um, so. Thank you for joining us on on this adventure uh, through. The <laughs> it is uh, just we're just barely scratching the surface uh, of a of a sampling. I'll, I'll obviously leave links to um, all of the, the stuff that we read. Um, yeah. Especially, um, you know, the stuff that we that we really liked. So, uh, yeah. Well, obviously, we'll be we'll be sure to uh, put those links in, and then, um, you know. Uh, Maybe, maybe in some time we'll we'll see something new crop up, something new interesting in the kind of villainous isekai genre. I don't know. Uh, I very much enjoyed uh, getting to talk about isekai with you, uh, Renu. As, as yeah, always. I you know I hope that they make more villainous isekai anime because the only one I've seen was Hamefura. I don't know if they've made more. Um, um, I don't think I've made any anime yet. Um, obviously, yeah. anime production right now is a little bit, uh... I mean, yeah. <laughs> up in the air anyway. <laughs> yeah. But I'm hoping if Hamefuro's anime was successful, that maybe they'll make more of other series. Right, Because um, right. that would be really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, that's, that's certainly, that's the only thing, so... I, I really hope so. I really hope especially, especially, especially we get an anime for, um... Uh, last boss because uh oh, oh my god that'd be so delicious that'd be so it good. would be so good <laughs> mm, wow, tasty. it's so you know anime already 
Thank oh you for joining us. Uh, yeah. As we talk about uh, Villainous Isakai. It was, uh, yeah, it was yeah, a yeah. super, super fun time. I'm sorry that this episode came out a little bit late. The research took a little bit longer than we expected. Um, well, life is a little turbulent right now anyway. Um, yeah. But yeah, the next episode should be should be up by the end of the month, though. It is scheduled to be up then. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I hope it is still up then. <laughs> The, there's a siren going off in the background. I hope that doesn't pick wee up wee wee wee. What the hell are people doing? It's like 10 p.m. on like a Thursday. Who's getting <laughs> turned at 10 p.m. on a Thursday? Uh, it might have been an uh, ambulance, actually. <laughs> oh. Um, but anyway. Why don't we wrap up? Why don't we wrap up? Yeah. So, uh, who are you? Where can we find you on the internet? Who am I? I am Renu. You can find me on the internet at Swandron on Twitter and Twitch and Tumblr and Facebook and all that. You can find me on Instagram at Swan.Dron. I finished Okami, like I said at the beginning. So nice. uh, after I get settled into my new place, I think I'll probably pick up um, playing Judgment again because I never finished it. Judgment. And then... I completely forgot that to... game existed. I know. I have to finish it so I can tell you what my judge eyes see ah, <laughs> in that game. <laughs> I see. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's what I'll be up to. Hopefully nice. can do some artwork and whatnot as nice, soon as I get nice. settled. Yeah. How about you? Uh, well, you can find me all the places at Literal Soup. Um, now that I have a new computer, uh, I am looking to maybe start like streaming once or twice a week. And <gasps> oh my god! Maybe, maybe do that. I have some ideas about what I want to do. Rainer, you and I could play some some games together. Um, oh my god! <laughs> I, I wanted to play through a an RPG game, um, like maybe like uh, like Outer Worlds or like Fallout or something. Um, but specifically oh. as my current D and D character, <laughs> whose name oh, is simply no. Ulf. Oh. <laughs> So uh yeah, I think that that would be super fun. Um I I would look to to doing that. Um obviously I promised my friend I would stream Dark Souls too, since I never finished it, and uh oh. I promised that I would at one point and I I have yet to yet, so I feel kinda bad. Um but yeah, uh so look out be on the be on the lookout for that. Um twitch.tv slash little soup, uh, as with kind of everything else um and my presence on the internet. Uh I'm still working on um Stuff that might be interesting that will go up on my WordPress, uh, literalsoup.wordpress.com. Um, you know, stuff for stuff for the Patreon. Uh, I hope I get that stuff done. Um, I've been a little bit slacking on it, but I've also kind of been like moving and mm-hmm. you know um, doing all kinds of stuff. But hopefully that that'll go up at some point because um, you know it is all stuff that I am interested in. Obviously, yay! So good, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. Our opening is by Scotty Network, and our ending is by Takamakata. And the patrons we are thanking this episode uh, are uh, Evan, Frostfall, Cheru, Sean, uh, Gwen, Claire, Figure Four, and Magpie Mirror Test. Thank you so much for Wow, thank you. We really appreciate you. Um, I'm working off of the list from, from, Ju- from July still, because technically this episode was OTU uh, in, at the end ah. of July. But um, the next That's episode will, will probably come out at the end of the month. I... I Fingers crossed. I hope to. I hope to Jesus. Like Ooh. I, we will do our very best. Ooh. I I will not spoil what it is about because I promise you it will be um 
It's gonna be an adventure. I cannot wait. <laughs> I'm so I'm so excited. Honestly, you have no idea. <laughs> just just so you guys are aware, Soupy has been waiting like a year I, to record. I this literally one. had to wait a year because I missed the timing last year because it popped in my brain. And I was like, oh no, it's not quite right. Not quite right. <laughs> But I promise you, it's coming. <laughs> yeah, it's coming. <laughs> All right. Well, um, that has been us. That has been that has been the cast. Uh, we will see you next time. See you next time. ね。